One industry that's seen business boom during the pandemic is food delivery. Huge numbers of people have been signing up and ordering their food from delivery apps like DoorDash, Uber Eats, and Grubhub. And as a result... Revenue has skyrocketed. They've had record-breaking business over the last year. Our colleague Pritika Rana covers food delivery. And she says that while money is pouring in, the apps aren't turning a profit. Uber and DoorDash have never been busier. Yet, they're still not making money. It's hard for these delivery apps to make money because food delivery is a very low-margin business. Now, the companies are trying to change that. In their quest for profits, delivery apps are trying out new strategies. Strategies that don't have very much to do with delivering food. Welcome to The Journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knudsen. It's Wednesday, June 9th. Coming up on the show, how food delivery apps are pivoting in their search for profits. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash journal. Terms and conditions apply. Apps like Uber Eats, DoorDash, and Grubhub have been losing money on food delivery for years. But the thinking was, once they got to a huge number of customers, profits would eventually follow. It would take a lot of time and billions of dollars to get there, but venture capital investors gave them the resources to do it. Food delivery companies spent much of the last decade burning VC money trying to get scale, trying to get consumers, trying to get restaurants to adopt their service. Guess what? The pandemic accelerated that by years. And they're at a point now where they have some of the scale that they wanted, that they were spending money to get to. And now all of a sudden, they're at a point where, wait a minute, we have the growth that we thought we would have five or 10 years from now. How do we pivot to making money? Because even with all these new customers, the delivery apps aren't making a consistent profit. Pritika has been digging into why. Well, the maths just doesn't add up. Let's break down a typical order during the pandemic. Now, a typical order size at the height of the pandemic, this is middle of last year, is $36 for DoorDash. By the time you count for what DoorDash pays the restaurant, what DoorDash pays the driver, DoorDash is left with a few dollars. DoorDash then spends some money on advertising to attract new consumers. They spend on discounts. They spend on things like credit card processing fee on every transaction. They take on insurance for their drivers. Then you look at what DoorDash then spends to refund consumers on deliveries that have gone wrong. You know, by the time you subtract all of these costs, DoorDash was left with 90 cents on a $36 delivery. 
That 90 cent profit only happened once during one quarter for DoorDash in 2020. In every other quarter before and after, DoorDash has lost money. And none of the other apps posted a profit during the pandemic. In recent years, the apps have been trying to make their delivery systems as efficient as possible to cut down on costs. And one obvious place to start was to reduce human error. For example, DoorDash started looking for ways to reduce the number of refunds it had to make. Refunds burn a lot of money for apps. This can be because a restaurant messes up the order. Let's take the example of the Cheesecake Factory. It's ironic, but the most forgotten item for Cheesecake Factory deliveries before the pandemic was the cheesecake itself. What? You're ordering from cheesecake and they forgot the cheesecake? Right. (laughs) And that's because what restaurant staff would do is that they would pack your hot food and then say, you know what, let the cheesecake sit in the fridge for a little more time until the dasher arrives. And then we'll pack the cheesecake in with the hot food because we don't want it sitting there, you know, melting. The dasher would arrive 20 minutes later and... Lo and behold, the cheesecake was forgotten. That's a big cost to DoorDash. Because if a consumer says, hey, my cheesecake was missing, you have to refund them. You know, you've already paid the dasher for that delivery. So that burns a lot of money. How are the delivery companies trying to fix that? Are they trying to make the process more efficient? What DoorDash began doing is that they started making just a few tech tweaks to optimize for efficiency. So at the Cheesecake Factory, they went in and the tablets that the restaurant was using to fulfill delivery orders, the order would carry a label on the tablet in big bold letters to say, this order has a cheesecake. So when the staffers saw it, you know, they were less likely to forget the cheesecake and they would say, aha, okay, Well, this order has a cheesecake. Yes, the cheesecake is still sitting in the fridge. Let me quickly go grab that and put that in. DoorDash and Uber looked for other changes they could make. Uber rolled out a better way for customers to request refunds on complicated orders like combo meals at fast food restaurants, like where ordering the number two gets you a cheeseburger, fries, and a Coke. But if the restaurant forgot, say, the Coke... Customers could only request a refund for the entire meal instead of just a refund for the missing item. So Uber fixed that, allowing it to pay out smaller refunds. And DoorDash embedded Google Maps into its driver app, which helped the delivery workers save time. How much of a difference can these small tweaks make to the overall profitability of delivery food companies? Well, it makes a bit of a difference, but... Is that alone going to make them profitable? No. This realization that being as efficient as possible still isn't enough has forced the delivery apps to find new ways to make money. And these new strategies are starting to roll out. There are three key things the companies are doing now. One is to try and get people to spend more money per order. The other is engaging in more types of business beyond just restaurants. And the third strategy is retreating from delivery altogether. All right, let's go through those one by one. And starting with getting customers to spend more money on every order that they make, how is that going to work? One of the big things that they need to do is raise people's average order sizes. You know, a $20 burrito is just not 
lucrative enough. So one of the things that they're doing is expanding into things like grocery delivery, delivering alcohol, delivering from 7-Elevens, delivering your toilet paper and toothpaste. And so what will that actually look like for customers? What Uber is going to do this month onward is when you order food on the app and you check out, they're going to ping you saying, hey, do you also want to do a convenience run from a nearby store? Do you also want to add on groceries to your order? And all of a sudden, your $20 burrito goes to $70 worth of food and groceries. Hmm. Even though it's not all from the same restaurant, it's, it's, it's Uber upselling me to toilet paper from CVS and, you know, maybe a, a new uh, a new brush from Walgreens. <laughs> Absolutely. And all of a sudden, the driver is delivering two orders instead of one. So that drives down the delivery cost for the apps, too. But if one of the things that these companies want to do is optimize a delivery person's efficiency time, is it really that efficient for them to go walking through the aisles at CVS to try to find the right brand of toothpaste? That's a great question. Now, some retailers have your groceries and your convenience run packed up and just ready to be picked up when the driver shows up. Other stores don't. Now, in that case, the driver is also your shopper. So in these cases... You're actually wasting more time than you're saving. What do we know at this point about whether or not customers are actually adopting this? You know, non-restaurant orders have really jumped. Uh, For DoorDash, uh, non-restaurant orders grew 40% in the first quarter of this year compared with the fourth quarter of last year. And now non-restaurant orders make for 7% of DoorDash's overall orders. So it does seem to be working. So the delivery apps are pushing customers to order food plus something extra. But they're also trying to get away from delivering food altogether. That's after the break. This episode is brought to you by ServiceNow, the AI platform for business transformation. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. Enter ServiceNow. It puts AI to work for people, for employees, for developers, and even your customers, removing frustration and supercharging productivity. On our intelligent platform, AI isn't just a promise. It's happening today. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Tap the banner to learn more or visit servicenow.com slash AI for people. This episode is brought to you by Vonage. With Vonage Video API, your developers can easily create custom video experiences tailored to your business. Enhance every conversation with live video, whether it's delivering faster tech support, improving customer service, or enabling interactive meetings and events. Unlock the true video potential of your business. Discover how at Vonage.com. Uber and DoorDash are trying to get customers to add on more items to a food order and make a little bit more money with every delivery. But that's not the only new thing these companies are doing. DoorDash and Uber are also moving beyond food and delivering stuff sold by big retailers, even when people didn't place their orders through the apps. 
One of the other things that they're doing is acting as last mile logistics for companies like Walmart and Macy's. It's very seamless for the consumer and often you might not even know. So say you order from walmart.com or macy's.com, DoorDash then fulfills the delivery. In this case, DoorDash is just working directly with Walmart. It's just working directly with Macy's. So you're not ordering on DoorDash, but uh, these other companies are using DoorDash as a logistic service. Uber is setting up delivery partnerships too with companies like Walmart and Apple. Now, these deliveries are extremely profitable for the apps. That's because they're not spending on advertising to get consumers. They don't even have to refund consumers if the deliveries go wrong. That's on Walmart. That's on Macy's. Just to give you a sense, DoorDash on average makes a $2 profit on, say, a Walmart delivery compared to the $0.90 that it makes on an average food delivery order. That's a big difference. Why is delivering other stuff more profitable than delivering food? Because you've stripped out the cost of advertising. You've stripped out the cost of refunds. You've also stripped out the cost of paying companies like Visa and MasterCard, a credit card processing fee. They don't have to do that anymore. Walmart does all of that. Why would a company like Walmart want to use a company like DoorDash to deliver stuff? Why can't they just use UPS or FedEx or the mail service? I mean, for them, it's on-demand delivery. You know, UPS or FedEx would do a next-day delivery, but it will not necessarily deliver in the next hour. So for Walmart, it's convenient. And the way that Walmart bills it is get your groceries instantly. Get it in the next 30 minutes or the next hour. So Uber and DoorDash are going all in on delivery, betting that by expanding beyond food into all kinds of logistics, they can eventually make a profit. But there's one more big player that we haven't talked about yet, Grubhub. Grubhub has a completely different take on what Uber and DoorDash are doing. Grubhub says, we don't think delivery is what is going to make us money. And they want to go back to their roots of being an online marketplace for restaurants. Grubhub started out as one of the first websites where people could order food online. But the restaurants still handled the delivery. And for many years, Grubhub was profitable. Then Uber and DoorDash arrived and started delivering food themselves. So Grubhub started offering delivery too in a bid to hang on to its customers. But a few years after that, it started losing money. Going forward, Grubhub will still deliver food, but its main focus will shift back to its website business and on offering more advertising services to restaurants. In a recent interview with the Wall Street Journal, Grubhub's CEO and founder said the company has learned that it's too difficult to make money from food delivery alone. The Grubhub CEO went as far as to call delivery a crummy business. He said, All of these things that Uber and DoorDash are doing, they're play to raise average order sizes. They're play to bring down delivery costs with bundling. They're play to reduce errors at restaurants. They're play to become last mile logistics partners for Walmart and Macy's. He said none of this is going to work. And he was very skeptical. He thought that it still won't make them profitable. How surprising is it to you to hear the pioneer of this industry the CEO of Grubhub, say that food delivery is a crummy business. To to hear a prominent player say, you know what, 
we've tried this and we still don't think it'll work, that's the bit that was surprising to me. So all three of the main food delivery companies are making some pretty significant changes. What is this going to mean for the food delivery industry? And when do you think we'll know if these bets pay off? I think it'll be a couple of years before we can see the industry make money. At that point, I think the question also will be, are these companies just food delivery companies? They started out as food delivery companies, but just as we've seen in the last year alone, their pitch seems to have changed. Food delivery companies are at an inflection point now. So the next few years are going to be very interesting to see how the food delivery industry evolves. Do they evolve into so-called super apps where they're delivering not just your food, but your groceries, your toilet paper, your alcohol, and they're also powering last mile logistics for retailers? What does food delivery become at that point? That's all for today, Wednesday, June 9th. The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and the Wall Street Journal. Special thanks to Heather Haddon for her reporting in this story. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.